Hey everyone, welcome to season four of The Lead Podcast. My name is Ryan Becker, and traditionally, I have been one of the co-hosts for this show, but unfortunately, during the recording of season four, we had a scheduling conflict and I could not be there. So I have two very, very big thank yous in order to make season four happen. Number one is to Jose Briones, host of the Disruptive Adventism podcast. Uh, He has stepped in as the special guest host for all of season four. And so if you want to go check out his podcasting content, you can see that in the episode descriptions. But thank you, Jose, for guest hosting throughout all of season four. And our second thank you goes to Kendall Foote, who serves as our audio producer for season four. He has edited all of these episodes that you are listening to, and he is an amazing audio producer. And if you want to get in touch with him and bring him on board for any projects that you're working on, you can find his contact information in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening to The Lead Podcast. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to The Lead Podcast, helping you to get it, grow it, and give it. back to the lead podcast today we have mark finley and you may know his name he has been an evangelist for years now in the adventist church and we're just going to be talking about the topic of evangelism doing some reflections and what do we what has changed i think that that's something that we're really interested elder finley um but for those of you that may not know you just tell us a little bio of yourself well, I've been in ministry for the last 53 years. A lot, Many of those years were in evangelism, a lot of times in city evangelism. But when we talk about evangelism, we're not talking about simply an event. We're talking about a process. Mm. We're talking about looking at a city, understanding its demographics and its background. We're looking at a comprehensive approach that includes renewal, revival for local churches, revitalization, It includes the worship service, inspiring worship, biblical preaching. It includes equipping and training members, community outreach in a variety of ways. And of course, public proclamation and discipleship of new members. So we look at that. Evangelism really has changed in the last, I would say, 20, 25 years. Mm. You know, you mentioned a lot of things there. And like, it seems to maybe a lot of the leaders listening to this podcast, maybe a lot of the members Man, that's a lot for evangelism. How can we make it digestible for this generation that is so accustomed to bite-sized responses and very quick things? Sure, Um, and I did. I I put a lot in one thing, Uh, bite-sized responses. Um, People have, have basic human needs. So let me give you some examples. When you look at a community, there are basically four fundamental human needs. There are physical needs, the need to, um, for example, reduce the potentiality of, of cancer, the need to reduce the risk of a heart attack, the need to lose weight, the need to get on a better exercise program. Those are physical needs. Then there's social needs, the need for social interaction, the need for relationships, uh, the need for friendship. Then there's emotional needs, the need to be free from anxiety, worry, fear, depression, etc. Then there are spiritual needs, uh, the, the deeper need to know God. So what we've found in our evangelism is we structure our approach to meet the needs of the community. So although we may live in a bite-sized generation, when we meet the needs of people, they that are at their interest point 
they are much more willing, open, and responsive to participate in our outreach programs. So, for example, if I'm running a program on a depression recovery, people are willing to commit one night a week for 10 weeks to come to that if that's their point of need. If a person is trying to get on a plant-based diet and they want to reduce their heart disease risk and uh, they're willing to come out one night a week for five weeks, if a person is eager spiritually, they're willing to come out to our community Bible studies. So what our goal is, is in our local church today that I work with and in my evangelism is to look at the basic needs that people have, ascertain those needs, attempt to meet those needs. Mm. You, you talk about your local church and, you know, there are a lot of local churches today that are not engaging in evangelism, you know, that have not done neither an event nor the lifestyle. How can we kickstart evangelism again in our local church and make sure that we're meeting any of those four needs, four groups of needs that we talked about? I think one of the ways we do that is if you look at evangelistic methods and try to superimpose methods on congregations, I think you don't increase vision or inspiration. I think one of the first things that we do in a local congregation is to get those people that have an interest in outreach, an interest in evangelism, maybe there are five of them, maybe there are 10, maybe there are 20, depending on the size of the church, and begin praying together, begin seeking God together, begin asking God to direct them to the resources, the materials, the ministries, the people. And so I see evangelism in a local congregation as a people movement. Mm. And we don't wait for the effort, the whole church to get involved, because if you do that, that's just not going to happen. What we long to do is move with the ones that are ready to move. And the others, they ultimately will come along. So our goal is to get a group of people in a, in a church. Let's suppose the church is 150 members and let's suppose you have five or six, begin to pray together, begin to vision together, begin to work together to say, what can we do to make an impact for Christ? Because the truth of the matter is, if a church is not involved in community outreach, if it's not involved in gospel ministry, if it's not involved in evangelism, that church ultimately is gonna die. It's gonna age and eventually die. But when you are passionate for Christ and you see the lost for Christ and you, you, you desire to see them one for Jesus, then God moves through you to develop methods to reach them because without the passion, methods become like um, dry bones. Without, without the passion, without this heart love for Christ. So we begin to pray. We pray for ourselves. We pray for revival in our own hearts. We pray that God will move through us and that he will be the miracle working God in our communities. That's amazing. And, and I think that you have a lot of years where you have gotten to reflect on all of these yeah. methodologies and things that you have done. Do you remember an instance where you thought things are changing and I have to change too? You know, um, you've been an evangelist for many years. And even in school, I used to watch videos yeah. like, you know, that, that have you when you were younger. Um, how do you think, like, do you remember that instance where you kind of re-engaged in evangelism in a different manner? I think that it was not at a specific point in time, but it was a gradual growing awareness on my part. And it came to me 
as we were spending money to mail out handbills, and I began to notice that early in my ministry, I would mail out, say, 25,000, 30,000 handbills and would have 100 people come out to the meetings. You'd get three per thousand, four per thousand. For every thousand you mailed, you'd get those three or four people. Then, as time went on, it became two per thousand. Then as the time got on, you get one per thousand. began to sense that, you know, we're spending this money on, on, on mailing and society has changed. People have become much more secularized in our society and we're living in a postmodern, post-Christian society in some respects. And so we began to think, and I've always been interested in what I would call comprehensive evangelism. So, but the, as time has gone on, I've become much more convicted if I can use that word, that comprehensive evangelism is the way to reach these cities. It's not one thing, but we have different pathways into the community. We call this the narrow few principle. The narrower your outreach into the community, the fewer the people you're going to reach. Mm. The broader your outreach, the more possibilities you have. And they're like different pathways from the church out into the community. If I have one pathway to my church, not many people are going to walk on it. But if I have 10 pathways out there, I've got 10 opportunities. So every ministry that we do, whether it's a health ministry, my wife has eight or 10 on her health ministry team. And on Monday nights, they're reaching out into the community with health ministry, exercise classes, stress management classes, natural lifestyle, food eating classes, you know, natural lifestyle cooking classes and a variety of other classes. Then we have Bible study ministry and we have seminars that we run in the community. There are social aspects of ministry, music concerts that take place. So the more those ministries we have, and what we really try to do is create a culture in the church of evangelism so that people say, um, now, uh, do you hold four-week evangelistic meetings? There are times we do, um, but we do that only when we have a sufficient interest base but I tell them my meetings are no longer four weeks. I believe you need longer meetings. They say longer meetings, yeah, 365 days a year. <laughs> so evangelism for us is not that one reaping event. It's 365 days a year. Our people are out in business. They're out in their engineering professions, in their medical professions, in their sales professions, their students in university and high school. And every one of them is a witness for Christ where they are. And then our programs help to support their ongoing witness in the community. Wow. It seems that you're trying to connect the church with the community, but not only that, you're trying to provide different, not only the pathways for them to come in, but for them to serve as well. Right, exactly, exactly. In, in your experience, what would you say is the purpose, like the, the effect, the result, the final result that evangelism should have in a person? I think there are two things. First, that evangelism should be in witnessing, soul winning. When I use evangelism, I use it in the broadest term, the sharing of Christ, the sharing of the gospel, the sharing of the Bible, the sharing of God's end time prophetic message. I think that uh, first in our hearts, the more we share, the more we want to share. The more I love Christ, the more I want to witness for Christ. The more I witness for Christ, the more I love Christ. So it's that blend, that beautiful blend. And I really believe that the ultimate effect is what it does in our own hearts. As we get involved in the salvation of others, our own souls are saved. Mm. Uh, because selfishness is at the very heart of the nature of sin. And soul winning starves selfishness to death. Mm. I know we have very limited time. And one last question before we get to a final word that we, we want to give you is, 
there are new methods of evangelism today. Opportunities that were not open when you first started. You know, we have the media, social media, video, YouTube, so many different things. How can we start galvanizing those opportunities? Mm-hmm. You know, not to just use them as platforms to make people aware of. We we talked with Michael Lewis in a previous podcast about this, that Twitter doesn't bring community engagement. Mm-hmm. You know, community engagement is when you actually go and like you're there incarnationally with people. But how can we use these resources, vast amount of resources today? What's the, what's the future of evangelism looking like for you? Yeah, well, we use social media very regularly. Um, every Sabbath afternoon, I have a question and answer period on my iPhone and my producers in his studio. We split the iPhone two Sabbaths ago. We had 45,000 people that we were engaged with there. In our every sermon we put on post on YouTube, we average between 25,000 and 100,000 views. Um, our better sermons will be 200, 200, 300,000 views. We did one on Seventh-day Adventists that did 460 or 70,000 views. So we're doing YouTube, we're doing social media. And here's what my thought is on that. Um, it is true that we, you need that incarnational contact, but social media provides you a platform to contact people that you could never otherwise contact. And then you begin engaging with them through social media. And in that way, many of them can come to your church. Many of them. So we do extensive radio. We still do television. We do social media. And here's what our thought is. It is that you reach out in as many ways as possible. As Jesus said, you throw out the net. So we throw out the net in every possible way. Members witnessing, seminars held, programs held, social media, radio, you throw that net out. But I think social media has tremendous possibility for the future. One more thing. Um, As I listen to a lot of the things, maybe some of the leaders listening to this podcast may think, I have a four, five church district. I don't have all this budget to do all these activities and bring all of that. What's one step that we can take to start that evangelism process? Use what you have. You know, Jesus didn't have a bread-making factory, but he had loaves and fishes. And he multiplied those loaves and fishes to feed 5,000 people. Mm. And so you begin where you are because there's no other place to begin. And begin on your knees asking God what you can do with the resources that you have. Use what you have and God will give you what you don't have. Amen. Elder Finley, thank you very much. Thank you. We want to give you one final thought, one challenge that you want to give the thought leaders that are uh, listening to this podcast, go ahead. A couple of things that we might be helpful. We have what we call the Evangelistic Training School, Living Hope School of Evangelism. It's in Virginia, about an hour from the General Conference. I'm gonna give you a phone number if you have any interest in taking some of our classes. Uh, We run about seven sessions a year, five days each from Sunday to Thursday. And uh, if you'd like to attend, we'd love to have you attend. We don't charge for our classes. You just pay for your meals and for your hotel. Here's a phone number. You can call my administrative assistant at the General Conference, 301-680-6619. That's 301-680-6619. Her name is Sonia Howard. And uh, ask her about our classes. She can send you materials. She can send you brochures, etc. Second thing I'd like to make you aware of is we have what we call the Hope Lives 365 Bible Study University. 
We have 77 courses now. We have courses in leadership, courses in preaching, courses in Bible study, courses in health. Some of them cost something, but many of them do not. So if you log on to Hope Lives 365 BibleStudy.com. That's Hope Lives 365 BibleStudy.com. And you can get onto our university page and look at the courses we have, download them, take them. It'll help you in your own uh, ministry. So we're here to support you. We have now a pastoral retreat center where pastors can come and go to our retreat a beautiful retreat center. We have a school of evangelism. We have our online university. So we're here to support you as pastors. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the lead podcast. My name is Ryan Becker. I'm one of the co-hosts and producer of this podcast, and we really appreciate your support. If you want to subscribe, then you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any of your favorite podcatching apps. And if you do subscribe on iTunes, then we just ask that you please leave a review. That really helps us out to know what we can do better and the things that you are already enjoying, the things that we can continue doing. Make sure you do subscribe and leave a review because we're always doing giveaways and that really, uh, that's the way that we do it is we do it for those who have left a review. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback for the show, you can email us, leadsupodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter, Roger Hernandez at leadsu, and myself at Ryan180Becker. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting. Without you, this is not possible. We'll see you next time. Hey.